I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Kyle. I think we got a little bit of beef to settle right now. I made you a healthy scratch last week. I replaced you with Chris Faber, Mm -hmm. Canucks Convo host. Mm -hmm. Great guy. It was a great conversation. It was a great episode. Mm -hmm. But this wasn't a Louis Erickson healthy scratch for you, man. This was like a Sven Berchi scratch. You know, you were performing. You were performing well. And then, you know, just just had to drop you for a week, I think you're trying to send me a message, you know? And uh, not going to lie. I was sad. I was mad. You know, I, I did the intro. I was sad and I was mad. But now, I'm good. We're good. We're good, homie. Don't be bitter. Get better. That's what guys do, man. They just, you know, as soon as I saw you, you know, I knew it was good to no, go. No, that's again. not what guys do. That's what that's what men do, okay? <laughs> I'm a fucking man. Sorry, okay. man. Flower man bowing. I forgot, man. My bad. <laughs> hey, My flower man. man bowing. What up, baby? Silky and filthy where we talk a lot of hockey and a whole lot of bullshit. Gives it away. Horvath. Politely. Why would I be polite with you? Are you kidding me? Great save, guys, five minutes each for fighting! Never look yourself in the mirror, huh? You're always good. You never make the mistakes. Yeah, you know, they're a good team. They're a good team. They're a good team. They play hard. Obviously, they're a good team. They have a lot of good players. You're about to listen to some puck talk and bullshit. Welcome to another episode of Silky and Filthy with your host, Trevor Beggs. All right, we got Flower Man bowing here on Silky and Filthy. Welcome all you Silky studs. I'm Trevor Beggs. Kyle Bowen is back. And guess what, Kyle? What? Right when you come back, we got Roberto Luongo leaving the game of hockey. Crazy, man. The best goalie things in Canucks happen, history. See? Yeah, things happen fast, man. World's a crazy place. I mean, a lot's happened since you and I last talked. And you're burping too, right? I'm burping a lot as well. I wasn't going to burp. No. Oh, I thought you were because I was about to let out a... You know, I thought about my listeners. Trevor, yeah, you don't want to do that. Come my on, listeners. man. We're in their ears right now. I wasn't now. there last week, bro. So you burped I the wasn't there ears? last week, man. Why are you doing this to listeners, I know man? some of the people miss me. I'm... You know what? Just gonna breathe, man. Yeah, don't be bitter. It's gonna be okay. Just get better. It's gonna be okay. How about this, man? We'll talk about Roberto Luongo. There's cool. a lot of things going on in the NHL with the Canucks. We're gonna get into some RFA talk later. Lots of intriguing names there. I want to make some guesses at who's gonna go where or what the, even the contracts are gonna be because there's a lot of interesting discussions. Yeah. One guy who signed one of the most interesting contracts in NHL history was Roberto Luongo. He retired today from the NHL, and it's crazy to think, man. He's been in the NHL for 20 years, had one of the best crews of all time. 20 years? 20 years, third all-time in wins. He's a lock for the Hall of Fame, and I think that's a it's a good thing because I don't think it should be based on if you want a cup. This guy was one of the best regular season goalies, one of the most consistent guys in regular NHL history. Regular season goalies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, no, Maybe, no, no, no. Hey, maybe a little I didn't even mean to do I that. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even mean to do that. You know, it's been a couple weeks since I've been behind the mic like this. It just came out, you know? I yeah. didn't want to do that to Lou. Sorry, man. 
no no worries the wongo overall he was a good playoff goalie and i'll get into that a bit i think there's just some bad things to overshadow it but again look at his nhl career you know fabulous almost 20 years in the nhl you could say maybe for what five six years of that he was really like competing for the cup really competing for the playoffs yeah and that's is that sad or is that a good career you know what i'm trying to say yeah six out of 20 years what are you hitting at like a 27 28 clip what am i talking about 20 percent clip what am i talking about that that's not that bad right but that's the thing we're not for maybe an average goalie is not that bad but we're talking about no, Roberto horrible. Luongo, I'm joking. it's right? horrible you're trying to talk yourself into it man i was trying to talk myself <laughs> into it because i'm a luongo fan and being at that age of what 13 14 15 when luongo was a canuck or when he got traded to the canucks and at that age at that age you're just like understanding hockey way more watching it for six seven years you're into it you're invested into it and, and luongo brought so much to vancouver at that time too it, it was interesting with bertuzzi and aslan in that era we were a good team but it, it seemed like with luongo like we could actually be a great team and there was that stretch of five or six years where reporters fans fans of the game not even just vancouver thought that we were the best team in the league and we were the best team in the league for a couple of years there, right? I mean, not Regular cup winning, season. but you look, 50 years of the Canucks, that team from you know 2009 to 2012 was easily the best team easily. in Canucks history. No no other time in Canucks history has the team been that dominant, that close to the top of the conference. You know, they were the top dog in the league. Two presidents, trophies. Wow. You know, they were threatening every year. And Luongo was the backbone of that. He was a big part of that. And it's kind of funny to think about. So when the Canucks traded for Luongo, by the way, don't you miss the days where Canucks GMs actually made good trades? That Luongo trade. Steal. But Dave, and Dave Notice does not get a lot of love in the city. That was one of the best trades of the decade. Maybe one of the best trades in the last 20 years. It, it, it would actually be top five. In my opinion, that's a top five trade, man. I think in terms of the, the package you got back for Luongo, Steel, you're totally right. Impact. But at the same time, crazy. I think that there's more lopsided trades. I mean, what really? didn't, was it, there really a lot more lopsided trades? Like than one that? that comes to mind is is, is Artemi Panarin and Brandon Saad. I think that was a pretty lopsided trade in, in recent memory. I mean, Fleet Forsberg, Martin Erat. Oh, there's yeah. there are some trades you could throw out there. That's, that's the worst lopsided. trade. Brent that's Burns, the big. That's the worst trade. Brent Burns to uh, San Jose. There's, there's a for Havlad and whatnot, right? Yeah, and Danny Heatley. Danny, Danny Heatley. No, Danny Heatley. I no, what? what I think Danny Heatley went to the Sharks. Actually, I can't remember. Anyways, no, no, no. He went to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I think that might might have been part of the. Gucci trick I don't know who knows who knows yeah. a, a little sidetracks but we're trying to get we're trying to get better at that <laughs> but Luongo anyways man he uh his first year with the Canucks was his best season in the league it's like we almost bought Luongo at his peak don't get me wrong he was still good for He's the great. entirety of his Vancouver career but at really. his best he was yeah yeah early. he was that Vesna season in the playoffs that year you know if the Canucks had a better team that season behind Luongo there's a chance they, they could have upended Anaheim I mean the Canucks against Anaheim scored eight goals in five games. Luongo had a 941 save percentage Dude, in the playoffs. Dude, our fucking fourth best player was like Jeff Cowan, bro. Dude, Jeff Cowan had... Kid, get the save. Jeff Cowan had two of those eight goals in that series against the Anaheim Ducks. Isn't that crazy? It's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not crazy. But we had the Sedins there. I know yeah. Burroughs was still young at the time. Come we on. had Naslin, Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. Like, they were... Tailing off. Yeah, exactly. It was, a, it was a transition period for the Canucks, but Luongo, Luongo played his best hockey there. Luongo was amazing. During but, that time, he was... He really showed, you know, what was for a long time a, a, gro- uh, grovey, a goalie graveyard. 
he he shed light to that in the in the opposite sense you know we finally had a goalie finally we never saw that and during that stretch vancouver was was just watching watching dan cluche was watching uh alex ald for a bit Hedberg. there was that time where they acquired mika nornan or something and we got hyped up about that it, it was just a weird stretch there and they just flipped it randomly too because it happened after ald had a a decent end to that year where we got knocked out didn't it didn't it happen around that time you're totally right and it was yeah. it was the time where we sold high on alex ald yeah you know and yeah. that's what smart general managers do again shout out to jim benning um smart smart general managers do that kind of stuff okay anyways hey, hey. going back to luongo great career again great career. but what is his legacy gonna be though like do they re- does, do the Canucks retire his number? Yeah. Do you, is that is that an easy question for you? Do they easily retire it for you? Because I think you know as much uh, as love as Luongo gets in this city, we all love him for his personality. He was easily the best goalie in the Canucks history. But there's going to be a large portion of fans who still consider Luongo as the guy that couldn't win the big game, which isn't really fair. Here, yeah, because he's played over a thousand games in the NHL, and most of the time he was an incredible goaltender, one of the best of his game. I, I wonder how Luongo is perceived around the league now. At, at the moment. He's loved by everyone. But during his peak, was that the case? Or were were just the lovers coming from Florida and Vancouver? I think... Because now I see the love. Because he's... Without a doubt, he became a pop culture type of figure through social media with with Vancouver and and the NHL. He was the only one really doing that. And everyone knew that Strombo and one was Luongo. Luongo just didn't have the account verified, so it always like had mystery to it, and it w- it worked. It, it totally flipped the script, and hockey fans never seen anything like that before. He switched the narrative, and that's when people started falling, like they they felt bad for Luongo. They started liking Luongo. They started appreciating what he was doing league wide. But before that, I feel like I, I don't know if that was the case. Was it just Vancouver? Was it just Florida? I think, honestly, Luongo is kind of viewed on the same level as Henrik Lundqvist as, you know, really good, really amazing goalie, but just was never able to win the big game. That's kind of been the story of Lundqvist's career, too. And Lundqvist, Lundqvist doesn't really have the tag of choking in the big game. It was I more don't so know, the, It was man. more so the team around him. I, so I think that's what digs at Luongo. And the other thing, too, is that Luongo was one of the best goalies in the league, but he was never the best goalie in the league, too, right? Whoa. And it's not just that he didn't Whoa. win the Vesna. Whoa. But, like, Whoa. you look at the rankings, he was always a top 10 goalie in this league. You know, hear me out. He was always a top 10 goalie in this league. But you're you know? saying he was never a top one goalie in the league. Yeah. Whoa. Hey, he probably should have won. Whoa. He was probably should have won his first season in Vancouver. Trevor Banks Drake, from Vancouver. Whoa. But during Vancouver's peak, you know, he was nominated in 2010-2011. One of the best goalies in the league that year. Um, he cracks the top 10. Uh, 09-10. He cracks the list. 08-9. He cracks the list. And 2012-2013. You know, like Luongo was always up there, but he was never the best, right? He was always a top 10 goalie. But I yeah, do think it's and again that's the bar was set high in Vancouver that time. Like he got a lot of criticism that probably wasn't warranted looking back on it when you're now you're rooting for a team that's missed the playoffs for four years in a row. It's just a fact. You're you're saying you're saying all facts, man. Roberto Luongo is not a top five goalie of all time. He isn't. He was not and you're just you're stating the facts. It wasn't clear cut that he was the best goalie in the league. It, it was a competitive era for sure. You saw Berdor there, and then you had Lundqvist coming up, Carey Price, blah, blah, blah. But he he was... It, it's interesting to ask that question. Like, what was his legacy? And in my opinion, he was just a... 
He was just a really, 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 really good goalie. I don't know if he's one of the legends of the game. I think he's a Vancouver legend. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a Florida legend. But I don't think he's a legend of the game. Like He, he really struck a good chord with Vancouver towards the end of his tenure here. Because in the middle there, it was shaky. And even before the middle, before 2011, it was really fucking shaky. It's hard to, it's hard to be good in Vancouver. It's hard to be polarizing in Vancouver because Roberto did have, <laughs> he did have his games in the playoffs where he wasn't that good. It's interesting. At, at this point in, in what we're doing with like this podcast and whatnot, I feel like the 15-year-old me would, would definitely just, Luongo's the best. Luongo's the best. You don't understand, bro. Brodor, he faced like 15 shots a game. Who cares? They blocked everything. Luongo, he's the best. Number one, he doesn't need a cup. <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know. I like your 12-year-old voice there, man. It's hey, uh... it's not that much different than this one. <laughs> you got like, uh, your Adam's apple, you know, it grew a bit. In that yeah, time, it did, though. man. It grew it's a bit. Like from 24 yeah. to 25. Your Adam's, really... your Adam's apple actually, like, it sticks out a little bit, you know? Hey, a, smoothie, like a little bit more than normal. Smoothie man bowing, flower man bowing, apple. Does your apple? Does your Adam's apple grow with uh, you know more more things that you do in your life? Yeah, wow. Like deliver flowers. Wow. It's, it's experience. It's the experience, experience is in your Adam's apple. Holy shit, dude! Yo, Luongo had a pretty big Adam's apple. He did. Yeah, he did. He did. That's a yeah. great segue. <laughs> maybe maybe a big Adam's apple is. Uh, means you're gonna have a great life man you're gonna do great things so wow tuck that one in your back pocket <laughs> i don't know man maybe because i talk a lot it's fair enough training man. it you know it's getting bigger the muscle fair enough yeah you know what one guy i'm glad he talked a lot was luongo the social media thing he was you know what one of the funniest guys out there and i do think that actually improved his legacy in vancouver because he's a more likable character again yeah. in a, sports is entertainment and entertainment again it's almost stories about characters and Luong was one of those characters we kind of grew to love because of the social media. You know, always taking shots at himself, taking shots at the people. Even in his retirement today, man. Pulling the old LeBron James. Yeah. Taking his talents to the retirement home. South Beach. What a guy, man. Unbelievable. No, legend. Oh, but you answered the question. I mean, I was talking emotional there. I was the guy with the Canuck room. You were in my bedroom when I was 15 years old. I was the guy with the Luongo, Luongo poster. In the, I, it's different now that I look back. And it's, it's hard for me to really really see where he, where his legacy really is with the NHL. It's easy to say what it is in Vancouver. Vancouver's ceiling is not that high. Florida's ceiling is not that high. What's his legacy, man? I'll tell you what his legacy is. For the last generation, for the last 15, 20 years, for the length of time he's been in the NHL, he's going to be one of the greatest goalies of his generation, hands down. You're right. He's not going to be a top five goalie of all time. But that, that That's asking a lot. That's a high bar. But he was easily one of the best goalies of his generation. I just want to make that clear. He's yeah. not top five. But, like, the best goalies of the generation, too, a lot of them have never won cups. You're talking Carey Price, you're talking Henry Lundqvist. Fuck, Jordan Bennington won the cup this year, man. Came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. A lot of these great goalies go a long time without winning the cup. And, again, in Vancouver, I think you got to appreciate, he's the best goalie in franchise history. Facts. And it's probably going to stay that way for, for a long, a long time. time. He was great. Exactly. It's going to be a long time until someone unserves Luongo as the greatest goalie in Canucks history. Some crazy moments, man. Like, we go back to the 2007 playoffs. When Anaheim beat us in Game 5, it was just like... Longo had the bathroom incident, but in that game, he made 58 saves, you know? Like, he had some crazy games. <laughs> I remember. I just series. remember everything vividly. And, you know, he was just flying on the ice at the end. Like, he'd done yeah. everything he could to help that team win. Like, he is an ult- he's the ultimate competitor. Ultimate. Again, but his, his legacy, and some people aren't going to like to hear this. Some people are going to say thank you. 
but his legacy is always going to be that a great goalie who could never win the big game and that's just going to be his legacy i know people are going to point to the olympics you're talking about a super team with like cory payne ryan gets on your fourth line trevor Beggs is from the lower mainland of british columbia i'm just saying Again, that's all I'm saying. Luongo is the best goal in Canucks history. He's, yeah. And he's he one of the best goal of his generation. But that's always going to be in the mindset of fans here. It's okay. Because the ultimate goal is the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And there was a few games that were pretty crucial to the Canucks getting past. And, and, he, and he choked. And that's just what happened. There's, it's only like four games, five games of a thousand games. It's not really fair. But that's, it's how he's going to be remembered. It's just how it's going to go. And looking back at it, I, I think the, the same way. I think the same way. It is what it is. It's hard to win those games. And... People may may think we're being extremely harsh. It is what it is. Those teams that he had in front of him during that 2010, 2011, 2012 run, good teams. Great teams. Great teams, man. You know, the, he, he was on some great teams with the Canucks. He also had some great moments, man. Like Luongo, again, he was a hilarious guy. And I think oh, yeah. some of the stuff that they were doing on TSN early on, like, like him and Schneider, yeah, him and Duthie had a great relationship. Well, like the Canucks poems and like him trying to like kill Corey Schneider and running him down with the Zamboni. All that stuff was hilarious, man. And it was almost like transcending for the time. There weren't really players taking on like these funny skits that were like so, so well produced, man. Like it wasn't even that cheesy. It was, yeah. it was just funny, was, man. It was just perfect. He was just being him, having having more fun towards the end of the year, end of the year or end of, his, end, end of his time in Vancouver. I'm sorry. Because those, those early stretches were f- stressful. And he was a captain too. It was it was crazy. Shout out to Luongo. Great career, amazing career, Hall of Famer. He might be, he might be one of those goalies who gets his number retired by two teams. Which is, has that been done? I gotta I, read I'm a couple sure more hockey books. I, yeah. I feel like it probably has been done. Maybe like the Red Wings and the Sabers. Hasek. Maybe? Yeah, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Chicago, Dallas, Belford. I I don't even know. Yeah, no worries, man. But I think. Uh, He froze there, man. <laughs> it's all good, man. You know what? You know, I'll be honest, man. I was doing a little ramble there, yeah. and I had to burp the whole time. It's all good, <laughs> man. We just got to keep on going, bro. Yeah, fair enough. That's true. We do have to keep on going. Um, yeah, man. He's just long, long was hilarious, man. One of the best goalies in Canucks history. And, man, I just... I can never get enough of hearing Jim Houston say, great save, Luongo. Come on, man. We got to throw a few of those in there. That was one of Jim Houston's best calls ever in his career yeah exactly it, it, like he says great save other goaltenders but it just doesn't roll off the tongue like great save luongo man and there was a lot of those yeah a lot of those yeah and it was one of his best calls and just that whole era of of having jim houston who was doing connect games before luongo got there he just he just did that right away you know it, it just it just gave Gave Canuck fans hope. Like, holy shit, the way he said that, we really have this guy in Vancouver. Roberto Luongo is in Vancouver. That's That call really made him our guy. Luongo was our guy, man. Vancouver. He was our guy, man. Even though he played most of his career in Florida, he's still our guy. You know, a little unorthodox at times. Pretty funny with the way he conducts himself on Twitter, but Roberto Luongo, a hell of a career, man. Hell of a career. Fact. And, you know, speaking of unorthodox, man, before we get to the RFA list because I want to look at some of these RFAs some of these names and I want to say how much they're going to get paid where they're going to go what the offer sheet might be who you might offer sheet if you were a GM okay but before we get to that a little bit of an unorthodox story for Meanwhile in Canada but first an ad I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Each day, a busy beaver can shift 10 times its own body weight. Alrighty then. I grew up in Canada. I have not been around someone who wasn't high on pot for the past 15 years. Nancy, please don't trip on me, baby, okay? Did we get her done? Well, that depends. Can you go fuck yourself? Do I look Canadian? We did it because we love our country, and not for any other reason, no other reason. They can throw the money uh, for the pension fund out the window, they can throw anything they want out the window. We came because we love Canada. All right, welcome, all you silky studs, to another edition of Meanwhile in Canada. Why am I talking so seductively? Because we're talking about a naked lady in our story, man. Wow. But actually, on a more somber note, Keep this is actually... Right? Okay. This is Canada. Okay. All right, brother. This is a Canadian story. This happened in Kelowna, British Columbia. We haven't had no pancake stories or nothing. We doing the naked lady story? It's not what you think it is. It's actually a bit of a, a, bit of a social justice issue. Okay, cool. It's interesting. Okay. Let's talk about it. So this woman in Kelowna... She claims that when she was at the bar, uh, the bouncer was really rough to her, um, assaulted her, forcibly removed her, ended up choking her, Whoa. and then she felt like really o- overwhelmed. So her way of protesting, because she called the RCMP, tried to complain, and they were unresponsive, they did, so she decided to take matters into her own hands. And so her way of protesting was going to the police department in Kelowna, and she stripped nude, and she sat outside the police station. And was just uh, just chilling there for a while, man. And so what happened when nine one one? She called nine one one, and they didn't really do anything. Could have write a letter, <laughs> you know. But the letter, she would, had a the valid letter case. wouldn't make the nose. She had a right? valid case. Right? The, this, this made 2019, the news, though, right? there's cameras and stuff. But yo, exactly, going. exactly. So when the cops, she's sitting outside the cop building, butt naked, and they're not really doing anything about it. So she called the fire department to report a fire. Whoa. She said, "I quote, I told them there was a fire. I said that I was fuming." That I was the fire and that they needed to put Whoa. me out. Woo! That is, that's some heat, man. That that's is some, some heat. heat. Yo, she, she's reading some books right now, you know? She's, that's crazy. That's deep. Yeah, exactly. I've never heard that's of a protest. That's too far. You can't be dropping that. <laughs> <laughs> I but, feel, but, but I think her point is I that. I got it. I got what she said. But her point is that the RCMP are taking it too far too, right? So you see her point. You see her protest, oh, right? Damn. So anyway, so she calls the fire department and eventually... 15 minutes after the phone call, the RCMP finally come out and they sexualized her, she said, Whoa. by telling her to zip up because what she was doing was very distracting. Yeah. And she replied by saying that I'm allowed to be topless in public. Whoa. So I guess she, it doesn't say in the story, maybe she covered up the lower half at this time. Okay. But I looked it up. She didn't. In case you didn't know this, meanwhile, in Canadian fact right here, Whoa. it is legal to be topless in Canada. It's it really is? Canadian topless in Canada. Whether you're a guy or a girl, yeah, no, it's your story. Yeah, whatever, it's okay. It's just nipples, yo. That's yeah, the thing. Exactly. It's just it nipples. Right? Have you noticed nipples? Nobody cares about nipples anymore. It is what it is. No, you're I'm right. Being it shouldn't matter. Yeah, it shouldn't matter. You're completely right. We're behind the rest of the world. Come on, like South America, Europe. They, they love. Yeah, they've been man. doing that for a while. Yeah. Asia's a little bit more upset about it. I find. So Australia's what? Like you don't care there. about the nipple too? 
I, in public, I think it's fine. I mean, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting it on, yeah, I definitely love a nipple, you know? Yeah, but I'll talk about in public, it's totally fine. Like, you know, you walk in your little kid, Chester, you know, Chester Beggs, you know, walking up the street, you Chester see some nipples. Beggs. You know? Come on. Chester Beggs chasing <laughs> nipples, man. I hope I never hear that <laughs> sentence again in my life. Holy oh, why did man. I name your kid Chester, man? Chester and Bobby? Is I that what you got I just looked at you right now. Man? This guy's got, like, the, the dress shirt on, but it's buttoned down a couple couple notches. And then it's got the he's got the chain on, too. Chester, man, I don't know why I thought your kid would be named Chester. Uh, Chester sounds like a computer programmer to me. Like, if I can name my kid Chester, you can hey. be playing Minecraft like eight hours a day. And what's wrong with that? Yeah, nothing wrong they with may, that, man. They probably make more nothing money than that. you, those kids. You know, yeah. playing Minecraft on YouTube and shit. Watch your mouth. Yeah. Filthy mouth there, Begsy. Yeah, silky and filthy mouth. That's man. a crazy story, man. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and the fact that you can be topless in Canada, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I believe this is not the case in the states either. But uh, yeah, again, around most of the world, this isn't a big deal. But um, the law on public decency is found in sections 173 and 174 of the criminal code book, in case you want to mm-hmm. look it up. Mm-hmm. And recently, it has been determined that being topless is not indecent within the means of the criminal code. Yeah. So there you go. So she was rightful in her protest. Um, it doesn't say where she got with it. Uh, it's, 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 it sucks to hear about that, though, right? It's it, Again. Uh, you know what? The whole nipple thing, to me, in, in the beginning, when that started happening, I was like, oh, shit, nipple, nipple, nipple. You know, it's like, oh, it's kind of sexy. Whoa, 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 nipple. nipple. I'm just being honest. Like, the lady, whatever. I'm being honest. But now it's like everyone just does it. It's like it's, it's, y- y'all forgot about bras because bras are kind of sexy too. You know they're cool, but you know I don't get it, it is what it is. You know just just do you, but don't forget about the bras too. You know they're pretty nice as well, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the pulling the, the the Jennifer Aniston, Rachel from Friends, just going like uh, braless for for the whole ten series. Friend, friend. She did ten seasons, yeah. Friends, good show, right? Great show, great show. Jennifer Some people Aniston. hate it, man. Hey. I like it. It's cool to have on in the background, you know? And uh, then you catch a good catchphrase. Friends, and- is, a cl- <laughs> friends is a classic, man. Shout out to my wife. She got me into it. If you guys don't like Friends, well, well, just get out of here, What's man. better? 70 show? 70 show is better. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office. They're all better than Friends. But they're shows. How about How I Met Your Mother? I like Friends better than How I Met Your Mother, personally. Did you find similarities? Because people Yeah, say they're exactly the same. <laughs> really? I mean, like... They're not exactly the same, but I mean, how you, how I met your mother completely ripped off the same concept, man. Come on, it's like Ted, Ted is Ross and Robin is Jennifer Aniston, and the rest of the characters like they have the Monica and Chandler. You know, it's, yeah. it's the same you thing. You know, I don't Joey, know. Joey is Neil. I don't Patrick know friends Harris. that much. I I kind of liked how I met your mother. It was uh, you know who always kept because it's it's not my cup of tea, but but Barney was always able to just keep me interested. You know, he was just, he was just so funny. <laughs> He was like, so he was most of the time, every time he did something special, it was on the ball. It just worked, you know? And then whenever he had, you know, episode layovers where his story would be the most important over like a two or three story stretch, three, a three episode stretch. It was nice. It was good. It was refreshing. I hear you, man. Well, you know, there's how do we end up there? It's just the way it goes, man. That was, uh, that was some pretentious shit right there, Puck man. Talk talking bullshit. Puck talking bullshit. Pretentious. So what happened with Puck the lady? Talk- Finish the story. Well, that, that was the end of the story. Oh, okay. like, that was she just. I hope all is well. If she did get assaulted by anyone, that's not cool. Like, don't do that shit. Yeah, don't touch the lady. You're a bouncer, you know? man. You're supposed to be upholding the law, Bullshit. upholding the club. I don't care if she's acting drunk and rowdy. There's no reason to go to that extent. Oh, kind of crazy, man. Oh, like the the whole being the whole naked bouncer. No, no, I mean, I mean, oh. I mean, the whole fact that she was there, like the bouncer assaulting her, her yeah, yeah, damage. Yeah, that's not cool. Interesting way of protesting, but you know what? All the power to her. All a nice letter school, you know. Yeah, I hope it works out for her because yeah, watch YouTube. Don't, video, don't like to hear about it. Yeah, don't like to, don't like to hear about it, but it's uh, 
you know, it's an interesting way of protesting for sure. Mm -hmm. um, all the best to her. And uh, do I need to wish these guys all the best, man? Like, we, we got to talk about some of the RFAs coming up. We're finally um, here. Record, yeah, we're finally here. We're, <laughs> we're recording. We're a few days out from July 1st. Woohoo! Are we, first of all... This Canada question, Day, baby! I'm not going to ask the question about who who is going to get an offer sheet because I feel like it's been asked a million times. But I want your opinion, man. If you were a GM of an NHL team, say you're GM of, GM of the Canucks even, who would you offer sheet? Well, would you offer sheet anybody? I mean, four four first round picks. If you're shooting for like the Rantanens, the the points, the the Marners, like that's crazy. Oh, if it's all those options, is is Rantanen available for not? Oh, he is. He is. Well, I'll tell you a crazy stat before we get into it. So, you know, Mar Marner's commanding the the eleven and a half million or whatever, right? Which he's worth. What what you you know what? If Matthews again pay that money, it's hard not to pay Marner that money. Yes. That's the problem. But you look at the Colorado Avalanche. Miko Rantanen had a better points per game than Mitch Marner. Yeah. Just saying. He Who's the better player? Who's the better the player? That's a great question, man. I think Mitch Marner because I think he did it more on his own, whereas Rant didn't play with McKinnon the whole season. Whoa. Marner did it without Matthews a lot of the time. And he was with Tavares. I mean, like, that's hard to argue against you. Tavares is a pretty great player. Yeah, that's what I'm saying right there, man. Rantan is probably more complete. I think Marner ass. is probably shiftier. He's a better better playmaker. I think. It's, it's a hard it's, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. Yeah, it's it, a hard it's yeah. an interesting debate. I think that's a 50-50. But in terms of points per game, Miko Rantanen was more productive than Mitch Marner. And here's the thing in Colorado, Nathan McKinnon's making $6.3 million. Mm -hmm. So they probably want to keep Ranson in below that $10 million mark. Yeah. Because Nathan McKinnon's so far down. But in Toronto, you have Tavares and Matthews making over $11 million plus. Like Barner obviously wants you that know, money too. I I think it's different only because Mitch Marner, he, he seems to understand his value as an athlete in, in North America in one of those four major sports. He's He's looking at it as... As he's the main course, they deserve the most. He knows there's money there, and and sometimes players do this for everyone. In my opinion, I, I you see how many commercials this guy does. He does everything, bro. We don't see it as much because we don't live in Toronto. But if you check his Instagram and if you listen to other podcasts, they always talk about how Mitch Marner is one of those guys who who does the who who's in there. He's, he's in front of a camera all the time. He's marketing himself. I think he he understands his worth and. It's crazy, crazy to think that Mitch Marner is actually doing this while playing in in Toronto, his favorite team when he was growing up. But he's thinking bigger picture. He's thinking some legacy shit right here, man. That's the way I'm seeing this. I, I think Mitch Marner is an amazing player. He's been an amazing player since he's entered the league, and he can be even more dynamic. If if I have a chance to give out an offer sheet to any player, it's Mitch Marner. Four first round picks, though. Yeah, but if, if you're a team like Colorado, they're not going to do it. But I'm just saying if you're a team that doesn't need to draft for a little bit, you know, they can, they can take the hit just for Mitch Marner. Because in essence, you're, you're pretty much grabbing a, a former first-round pick. You know, you're, you're taking one. You're paying a max dollars. It, it's a tough call. Mitch Marner's really good, though. <laughs> Mitch Mar Marner is incredible. Yeah, here's the thing though. You have to bank on being a playoff team for four seasons. Almost okay. Maybe if you lose one, but injuries happen. That's not happen. that hard, bro. A lot Inj of teams do that. Look, injuries happen too, man. Like Mitch Marner, man, again, he's not the biggest guy. You never, you, you never know what's gonna happen. I mean, guys like Johnny Gaudreau, yeah, they so play. What? Like okay, you games. wouldn't, you. Okay, here's the thing. Four first round picks. You know, a lot of teams in a four year span, they they hit on two of those first round picks. You know, I. One of those first round picks. None yeah. of those first round picks. I want to be devil's advocate, but if I was a team, Fair. yeah, like a Colorado Avalanche or man, even like the Rangers at the point. Don't boys. be devil's advocate. Just would you give 
four first round picks for any of these players. Sebastian Ajo. If I was the Vancouver, if I was put myself in the Vancouver, you Connectors, can't even no. do it. You don't got that first round pick anymore. Don't even you play. No, this you game. can because you it, has, it can be four first round picks in the next five years. There's that loophole in the CBA. Oh, there is. So you could do it. Oh wow. Yeah, that is doable. That's, you're a smart guy, man. I heard that recently. Yeah, I wouldn't man. know don't that. Call me smart. Thank you, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate the compliment. Um, you're yeah, so kind, I, man. I, I kicked you off the so, show last you're week. So I helped you scratch you, you're and you so bring smart, these compliments my way. I feel the love, man. I feel the love. Um, if I was the Canucks, I wouldn't. But yeah, you're right. If you're on the team, on if you're on the verge of success for the next few seasons, you can cough up those four first-round picks, man. Yes. I think it's worth it for a guy like Rantanen or Marner. Mm. Brayden Point. How about a team like Carolina? Carolina already has Ajo to sign, but you're right. Interesting. I mean, I think that's another team that would be, oh, man, like if they brought home like a Marner or a Point, that would be something interesting. Carolina could be a scary team. Like They have Look the cap the space to be good. players. But they just not a goalie too, right? They're they're probably they're, they're not gonna come back yeah. with Mrazic and Mac. Carry on, carry on. Okay, who would you so, pick? Who who's your guy? So my guy, because I'm not really a guy that's gonna give up four first round picks. One guy I'm really interested though as a buy. It's not even. I shouldn't even say buy low, but a guy that's flying under the radar is Ivan Provorov, mm. Philadelphia Flyers. You're talking a, a young, okay. big, rounded, physical, right shot defenseman. Damn, you threw everything in there. That I'm just nice. saying. You know, he he had a down season this year. Reports that I was reading today are that he's still far away in contract talks. I'm sure the Flyers find a way to lock this guy up, but like he might be chasing the big money. Like I think the Flyers probably want to give him a bridge deal. Maybe they want to throw him like five million bucks. Yo, you know what this guy's thinking? Come on, read the tweets. You know the info. This guy's like, yo, you're gonna pay Kevin Hayes seven million dollars. Yo. It's it's six minimum right now. It's six minimum. It sounds crazy, but he's gonna at least try that. Cause he just saw Kevin Hayes get seven mil a year after being invisible in the playoffs. That's th- players see that. They're not stupid, man. You know, this era in sport, a lot of these players, they're just understanding their their worth. They know, they know it, they know it, they understand it. They're gonna go after it. How old are these guys, yo? We didn't see this shit before. Under 27 years old, right? That's pretty much the age for all the RFAs here. But the ones you just mentioned, are, we're talking about 22-year-olds, 21-year-olds? Exactly. Yeah, 22-year-olds. Uh, Ivan Provorov, he's 22 years old. He's probably going to be one of the best defensemen in the league. He actually does shoot left, though. Whoa. I should say. My bad. But Ivan Provorov, man, like, I, if I were a team, I would consider giving up. Look, between if you give up a first, second, and a third round pick... The compensation range for that is about six point three to eight point four million dollars. You Don't. can shoot high. You could bet on Provorov in that range, yeah, and probably poach him from the Flyers. I, I think you probably sign- have to be close to like seven and a half, though. I could see him sign something like that, like six point eight. Well, what's the max again? Eight point four. No, what's the max for uh, just giving up a first round pick for just a first round and a pick. second or a third or whatever? So basically, you have to be under four point two, giving up a second, mm-hmm. and anything over four point two, you're giving up a first and a third. So 4.2 to 6.3 is a first and a third. 6.3 to 8.4 is a first, third, and second. Okay, so I could even see someone do that. I, I would see him, I would see him sign something like that, but I would also think that Philadelphia would match that. They probably would. He's, yeah. he's one of their best young defensemen. But anyways, that's the guy that I think I would target, Ivan Provorov. I mean, I don't think you're poaching. You know, obviously, I'm not poaching guys like Jacob Truba. You're not poaching Zach Wierenski from Columbus. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that you know, maybe possibly could be poached, man. No, 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 no. They they know they're not dumb, bro. They just but think about the Flyers. The, the Flyers are first about playoff series win. You know, they're not gonna let go of this dude. The Flyers are in the top half in the league for contracts. 
that they have to pay out. And a lot of it's their own doing. They give James Van Riemsdyk seven million. They give Kevin Hayes over seven million. <laughs> they pay Jakub Voracek over eight million. Whoa, you know no, he's good. He's good. Come on, he's and worth they still, it. He's they still worth have it. guys like Travis Konechny. They have Scott Lawton still. Oh, Konechny's a good player, man. Yeah, he's, he's a great player. You know, and and they probably no, they're good on the goalies actually because Carter Hart's gonna mm -hmm. he's playing on the cheap. So you're right. They could probably squeeze Provorov in. But man, like Kevin Hayes changed everything. It did. It did, and yeah. it's scary. But are you, if you're the Flyers, like, oh man, a first, third, and second, would you maybe consider that? No, 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 no. I'm keeping him. I'm keeping. Even him. at like eight point, yes, like no, eight no, point no, four, no, no, eight no, point no, four no. million. Okay. These teams are gonna give up these first and second and third round picks. Multiple picks are good teams. They just understand how these, how these things work now. They can do it. Why not? Why not? The league is getting younger. It's always being said. He's a guy you, you would want on your team. Who cares if you're giving up three picks in the same draft, first, second, and third for that dude? It could happen, but I don't see Philadelphia letting him go. Not at all. Yeah, fair enough, man. Let's play this game, though, man. Let's get into it. Let's guess these contracts. All right, pretentious predictions. Let's go with Braden Point in Tampa Bay. Or is it going to be Tampa Bay? Okay, how about this? You tell me if it's going to be a different team. I think most, most guys know, are going to stay. We just, no, how about we just guess the, con like, guess the deal? Yeah, okay. But that's Just too. to keep it simple, because yeah. I think... But I, again, I think most guys are staying. But if, if you think a guy's going to jump teams, let okay, me know, man. Okay, Let okay, me know. So, okay. Braden Point, what do you what are you feeling, man? Braden Point, he's going to get, I think he's getting like $8.5 per year. Either through, what, 7 or 8 depending on what happens. But Tampa's not letting him go. Yeah, I, I think Tampa <laughs> Thank might. You, I think Tampa's going to go under Nikita, Nikita Kucherov at 9.5. But I think Braden Point's going to hit $9 million. Oh, cool. I okay. think Braden Point's going to be $9 million. Maybe like a five, six-year deal okay. for Braden Point. Um, it's the it's the Tampa Bay tax thing that makes me think that he would maybe take eight and a half. Like, we'll you know. see again. None of these pins have dropped yet. That's yeah. why these conversations we'll are kind of funny. Let's keep going. Uh, Mitch Marner, I, I think he stays in Toronto, and I don't think he stays for Matthews and Tavares money. I think they do eventually Whoa. cave to. They probably cave to like ten or ten and a half. I find. I think no, maybe I think, on a five year deal. I think it's an eight year deal worth like eighty eight million dollars. Yeah, I think it's, gonna I go think 11, it's eleven yeah. per. Yeah, I do. Interesting. Okay. Mm hmm. They're going to have to do it. Yeah. And <laughs> they're going to have to do it because Tavar they paid Tavares that much. It's, and they yeah, paid Matthews that much. What? You're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. It's, <laughs> I, th I think Dubas They may not do it though, yeah. man. They, they may get those yeah. four first round picks. It may actually happen, man. Yeah. This will be interesting to see, man. It'll be interesting to see play out. I just don't know. Again, I don't, we don't know Mitch Marner personally. Does he want to be, he's going to be a villain for life and he's a local boy. You know what I mean? Like that's gotta play into it too, no? Like maybe he could be one gamer, of the best. Man. He could maybe be one of the best maple maple leaves of all time. Maybe he doesn't give a fuck, man. Maybe he's, maybe. Just, he's a gamer like that. We'll see him. We'll sure know, find out, man. Gonna happen. We'll see. We'll uh, see. Mika okay. Rantanen, I think he's staying in Colorado, and I think he probably signs for around that nine million range too. I think that wow. might be the going rate for a lot of these guys. I, Mitch, honestly, Mitch, I would not be surprised if it's close to ten, if it's nine point seven five or something. He, they have a little bit of cash space. Joe Sackick, you know, he's been he's had a good run here. I'm not saying that that would be a bad deal for them because Ratton is <laughs> he may be one of the best wingers in the game. Oh, he's put up 80 plus points yeah, the last two great. seasons. He's been unbelievable. After mm -hmm. that terrible year in Colorado where they were the last team in the league, he has been he's been crazy. <laughs> he's had over 190 points in the last. Sorry, over 170. I, I apologize. My math's bad. Okay, don't worry. My <laughs> over math's the last bad too. two years. I failed math 10, man. Oh man, I've, I math eleven is what the, the prerequisite I needed. I just scraped by that. Scraped oh by no, it. I failed math eleven. Oh no, but I man. took it again. So my math's better than yours, man. Oh damn, that's sad. I got the best math, the best math in this podcast. Look at that. You know what's funny? 
tell I'll tell a little bit of a deep story here, okay? Let's go. I deep. failed math eleven because during my my grade eleven year, I would just skip a lot of classes, and math was one of those classes. I took it again in grade twelve with a new teacher, and he was dope. Shout out Mr. Hom, and I got a B in his class. It was just I don't know. Well, I don't know. I had to do it, right? You can't even graduate if you don't pass. It's like yes, I can do this. In my yearbook, this guy wrote he he literally wrote this. I just gave out his name. I don't even know if he'll get in trouble for this, but he's like, Send the podcast to him. he's like, I don't know if, if school is right for you, but you'll make it far in life. <laughs> I swear I have that in my wow. yearbook. Yeah. I don't Pretty even bad, know what he's trying wow. to say. Like, I think he said you're a dumbass, but it's all right. Or I don't even know. Who knows? That's, that is some very deep advice, man. Right? Well, you're still doing your thing. He, and he see. took my yearbook. He just wanted to sign it himself. Like, you know, he's a, he's a dope. You know, honestly, He's a like unbelievable person though. Maybe he's a time traveler. Cool bro. dude, interesting dude. I don't, I don't really know him well, but looking back now, being a bit older, shout out Mr. Han, man. Yeah, he should be getting paid nine and a half million dollars a year. He's a time traveler. Teachers, right? Time traveler for sure. No, if he's a time traveler, he wouldn't be a high school teacher. That's for sure. Who knows, man? People love teaching. That's true. And that's people true. love playing hockey. Let's keep this list going. Brock Besser. Oh, okay, good question. I think again the Kevin Hastings fuck. He's getting seven mil. I he's think seven I plus. think Bess is gonna hit seven and a half. Yeah. But I feel like he's gonna sign long term. Yeah, and they have to. If they're gonna give him seven and a half, the, the Vancouver Canucks, they yeah. gotta make a smart move here and give him yeah. yeah. I think it's gonna be seven seven years. It's gonna be bigger than can than Kevin Hayes. I think it'll be seven years, fifty plus. Okay, cool. Interesting for Bess. We'll Kevin see how Hayes, it goes. thank you. Uh Charlie McAvoy, there's some he's he's a local boy, you know. I think they love him. They're they're gonna there. tie it up, but yeah, apparently they're far part no, negotiations too. Thank and you, I Kevin think, Hayes. Again, <laughs> exactly. Kevin I Hayes. Think, yo, what's or what crazy. about what about Eric Carlson? I know like Charlie McAvoy's not on that level, oh, but man, that's different. Because I think I understand the injuries. I understand this was his worst year, but it's we're talking about a special player. I could get like you could get why a lot of teams would probably give that. But deal here's up. the thing: like, why would McAvoy take something maybe like in the six, seven million dollar range when he sees Carlson number one demon making eleven? He says, "Hey, I'm gonna be hitting my prime. Players are hitting their prime earlier, it's and they're like mid twenties." It's okay for these I, players. I think Mac, I think McAvoy's gonna hit eight. For these players that are Actually, better I, than ooh, Kevin Boston, Hayes, man. they're gonna get seven minimum. It's yeah. seven, and Kevin Hayes is a good player. Don't get me wrong, but seven million. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It's it's similar to the JT Miller trade that happened in Vancouver between Tampa and Vancouver. Ironically, both involving involving former Rangers. Kevin Hayes. When that deal happened, nobody liked it. Not even Philadelphia media. When the trade happened in Vancouver, not one reporter in the league liked it. I didn't see one person who, who, like, was like, "Oh, this is a great trade." Other than other than someone who just loves Benning, but these reporters and stuff, they were kind of confused by the trade. <laughs> it was one of those deals. Kevin Hayes set the standard. If if these players that are 21, 22 RFAs, the minimum is seven million dollars. But the thing is that. People still believe that RFAs don't have leverage because they're controlled by the team. But here's the thing: because young players are getting better in the game, these guys do have the leverage now. So it's gonna Bang be really, on. it's gonna be really interesting to see some of these contracts drop because Charlie McAvoy, I think he's getting a plus. Zach Rowenski, another guy on this list, a plus. I think he's probably making a plus Me too. too. Easily, man. Yo, he's good. Yeah, he's crazy it, good. He he changes the game. He's a bit of a game changer. And like, yo, watching their little run that they had there, he's good in all zones, man. He's not bad. And yeah. he'll get better playing with Seth Jones too. They got to keep him. And these players are going to get paid. Like, that's the thing. What are these, what is Columbus going to do? What is Tampa going to do? What is, 
what is Colorado going to do? Yeah, I think teams at Tampa and Toronto were interesting just because they're so close to the cap. But even like teams like Calgary, you know, Calgary's got 12, like just under 13 million in cap space left. They still got to sign Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett. Yeah. And, now those and, be- they, and they got to find a goalie. Or they're just going to roll with John. They'll probably just roll with uh, David Riddich, who also needs a contract too. So. What, they're done with Mike Smith already? Well, Mike Smith is a UFA. David Ridge is an RFA. So they got to sign goalies. <laughs> they got to sign two major forwards, and they got $12 million left. Okay, how like much does Kachuk get paid? Lay it down right here's now. Here's the thing. Like, off the top. Goudreau's making 6-7. Because they got him for a steal. Man. That does maybe change something. Yo, again, you would think that that would matter because in the dressing room, you know what? Goudreau's your best player. We all fit under the cap. We do it for the team. We want to want to make a run here if he's getting six and a half or something like that it's on a short-term deal but again we're gonna go back for back to the kevin hayes thing it's injuries can happen and if money's getting thrown around like that it's matthew kachuk seven million dollars that's a steal yeah exactly i think if he's on a team like toronto he's making nine million Minim- right? yeah minimum yeah or 10 million right Whoa, are you saying something there what kachuk no, marner Wow, that's that's some shit right there, isn't it? But you wow. would take Marner any day of the week yeah, over take Marner. Kachuk. And Kachuk's yeah. a hell of a player, but that's, yeah, yeah. that speaks for could've, Marner. Could have been a Canuck, another story. But I, I think Kachuk's going to make seven and a half. He's going to be the highest played forward on the Flames, mm-hmm. hands down. Mm-hmm. But you're right, he's probably going to stay somewhere closer to Goudreau. I think that makes probably makes the most sense for the team and the situation he's in. I'm just sorry, I had a daydream over there, man. I see all these players signing their deals and all of them texting Kevin Hayes. And they're just loving Thanks, it. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. No Hazy. problem, man. Got it done, man. Where's that agent at? That agent's probably just like living the dream right now. They're all everyone's complaining. This agent is just living, living in the sunset in Florida. You know, hookers a blow the whole bit. Whoa, he's whoa, great. he's whoa, good whoa. to go. Nah, nah. Hockey players doing drugs? No, no way. No, I'm talking. I'm talking the agent, man. Oh, oh the agent's definitely doing drugs. Ah. Hands down, having a great time. You know, I watch Ballers. That show. A lot of partying does happen. Yo, we talked about this earlier, right? Early in our in our time doing this. I've been reading more hockey books, like I said. Uh, give me a percentage of how many hockey players party. And, and whatever your definition of party is. You don't got to tell the listeners. But what's the percentage? Because you know what? Not all these players are just mowing their lawns every week, every two days. You know, I got a number for you, man. Throwing the, throwing, throwing the ball with the dog for four hours a day. Playing with... You know, something's going on. <laughs> I, got, I got a number for you, man. 90%. 90%? 90%. Of them go down. hard? I think so. Uh, not all the time, but I think 90% yeah. have their fucking moments where How they much go, go hard. hard. Yeah, like you they're know, just having a great time. They're, they're just having a loose. great time. Like, they, yeah. they should. They should. Especially the young guns, man. Especially these RFAs, man. They're going to be partying. Yo, Can you imagine they, these guys? Oh, oh man. They've been That's, making... They were probably partying when they were making like 800 grand a year. Now they're going to be making like 10 million a year. This is crazy. All you're these guys 21 are 21, years old. 22. You're 21 years old. Here's $8 million a year, and here's a, you know, $3 million signing bonus. Wow. Right? Where's the honeymoon at? Yeah, pretty much. No, where is it? If you have that much money to fucking spend on a honeymoon, where, where where's the honeymoon at? Probably going somewhere like a fancy island like uh, Ma- Mallorca or something like that. Mallorca, I don't even know Spain. that, bro. What is yeah. that? It's a, it's an island in Spain, man. Look it up. It's a, it's a fancy one. Hey, hey one you're day. You're going one of those like crazy little islands, man. Something like that. Somewhere in Italy, maybe. You know. Have one day. One day, buddy. You know. Okay. I got four names left on the RFA list. Let's do it. I'll go quick fire with the Winnipeg Jets, Kyle Connor, Patrick Line. You know, Winnipeg's got to stand under the cap, right? Like, these are two crazy contracts they got to sign. Whoa. I, I feel like... 
I feel like they might. Oh man, this is this is such a tough situation for Winnipeg. I think Connor. Like, can you really sign Connor for more than Lonnie? I think you can because I think they're gonna lock up Connor long term, like five six years. Wow. And bridge Lonnie. This is fascinating, yo. But at the same time, I think you. I think everyone knows that Lonnie had a bit of a down year, a bit of a struggle, but he's the better high potential player. Okay, so Connor came out of college, but did he play right away with Winnipeg? So is he is yeah, he, he are, is he offer sheet eligible? Because you know someone like Brock Badger isn't. Um, that's interesting, man. That really is. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Those are two players that are looking at the Kevin Hayes deal too. Because here's the thing: like I would probably pay. Oh man, like I, I'd almost be tempted to pay Patrick Line more because you know he's got that skill. But how do you not pay Kyle Connor more? He's been the more productive player the last mm-hmm. two seasons. You know, he's a gamer too. Um, and Kyle Connor did have time in the AHL, so he is offer sheet eligible. I, I don't see it happen with either Jet player, but I don't know. Winnipeg is in a bit of a bind. I know they lost Jacob Truba, but man, here's one of the other things too: like did Winnipeg miss their, their best chance of of winning the cup? Because they've lost to give Trubo, one of their top defensemen. You know, Bufflin's not getting any younger. They're going to be pinched with the RFAs. They're going to have to get rid of players. Like, they're starting to get to that stage well, that, where they're getting crunched. You saying that puts more emphasis on them having to keep both these guys. Because these two are... One is one is one has the potential to be super elite. And, and Connors is, is, is fantastic. They have to keep both these guys. Especially at the age that they're at. They'll find a way to do it. There's no way they're losing. I don't even think they're losing one of these guys. They already yeah. had to give up on Truba. And they'll find a way. Teams like teams just find a way to do it. And maybe somebody else is leaving. But those two players, I'm guessing, are making upwards of seven and a half. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised I, I upward, if they signed yeah. the same deal. I would say they're upwards of eight for sure. And maybe they're both shorter contracts. Maybe Linus has a three or maybe Connor has a four. Maybe yeah. they're shorter contracts. Fair know? enough. I could see so, that too. Could be interesting. And, and props to the, the players that are doing that. They're looking at, okay, why don't we just go for a five-year deal so I'm a UFA by the time, you know, this yeah, contract ends. Definitely. And I see that. When the, the Winnipeg Jets, one of the most deceiving teams in the NHL, NHL cap-wise right now. They had $23 million left in cap space, but only 14 players signed. They still need to sign Patrick Laine. They still need to sign Kyle Connor. They could lose guys like Brandon Tanev, Andrew Kopp, who they like in their bottom six. And those are the really the only big ones. They got to sign Neil Pionk, who they just traded for, and they got to shore up the defense. Um, but yeah, Connor and Lani are going to take up most of that money. Probably, I would imagine, mm-hmm. they can't be more than like... 15 nine. to 17 mil. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they can be like 18 mil a season plus, because that's going to really fuck the Jets. But they're probably in an $8 million range, with the $9 million being the cap on what you can pay these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the last two guys I want to look at, the San Jose Sharks, another cap crunch team, because they got two guys oh, yeah, who guys. are both offer sheet eligible, and again, both really interesting players, Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc. Now, a lot of this, I think, hinges on what the Sharks plan to do with Joe Pavelski. I don't think Joe Thornton's a problem. Joe Thornton, I think, just loves hockey so he'll much. He'll play for he, a mill. Yeah, he'll play for a mill. He doesn't even care about it. And Pavelski, I just read that he's he's had meetings with Dallas and Tampa Bay and one other team yeah. coming up. He could walk for sure, man. I think like you're, you're pretty comfortable with Logan Couture as your first line center and then slipping someone like Tomas Hurtel back to the middle for uh, the, the second line, you know? Oh, wow. Look at that Tomas, man. Okay. Tomas. Tomas. Got to respect I him. said it weird. I said it like Tom's ass. <laughs> wow, man. You, you never had any uh, You never had any check friends in your life, eh? No, no, no. I just, it's, it's the way it sounded, all right? Come on, yeah. man. Fair enough. Fair enough. What up, ladies? Four smoothies. Four smoothies. Wow. Back to you back to back smoothies. to back. Wow. How, are you on a smoothie cleanse or something? No, no. no just a two-day stretch, you know? So that that's as a cleanse, two days. But you know, you know when you drink some smoothies like that, and you just you know you feel yourself, man. Now haircut tomorrow. What up? Crazy man. 
four yeah. smoothies. The San Jose Smoothie Shark. Smoothie Man Bowen. Smoothie Man. From Flyer Man Bowen to Smoothie Man Bowen. Holy. Yep, in the blender. Wow, if you take a girl on a first date, do you take her in her first smoothie? Why not? That'd be kind of that. That'd be kind of cool. Take a girl out for some smoothies. <laughs> That's a smooth move right there. Hey, whoa, 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 Trevor, man. Oh that, man, that was a quick one right there, buddy. God damn. So the San Jose Sharks, fourteen point eight million in cap space. They got fifteen players in the roster now. They really got to fill it out. But Timo Meyer again, if he's on the Maple Leafs because of what they've done, he's probably making like seven, eight million bucks. I think with the yeah. Sharks, they probably keep it around six. They probably keep the bank's probably gonna make not quite five, but probably four plus. I'd imagine he has he had fifty nine points this year. How do you not sign Kevin LeBanc? <laughs> oh to man, this is awesome, contract? man. I feel as if if these players didn't go on vacation to some remote island with no television and no internet, and they were just hoping that they're you know that things would just pan out the right way, they would they would ask for money that that wasn't seven mil for sure. Again, they're gonna look at that Kevin Hayes contract. Timo Meyer might get seven mil, dude. Sign long term, and why wouldn't you? We should be asking ourselves that question, right? If if seven mil a year or seven and a half is actually a bargain for Timo Meyer on a long term deal, it could work. I, I out. think so, man. I, I do think the Sharks for the caption like Timo Meyer is a guy you could try to poach, but I think he is the Sharks' top priority right now. You know, Joe Pavelski, Joe Thornton, these guys are older than mm-hmm. not the future. So yeah, you might want to throw this is like Provorov all over again. You might want to throw. 8.4 million at him, you know, yeah. give up a first, second, and a third because he's that talent. He's got the size, he's a first line winger. He scored 30 goals already in the season in his short career. You could throw up 8 million plus at him, give up the first, third, or first, second, and third, but the Sharks are probably going to match. They're just going to be in a bind. You could do something creative like give Timo Meyer 8.4 and have the Sharks match and then go after Kevin LeBanc. That's wow. an option too. And throw Kevin, in, throw Kevin LeBanc 4.2. 8.4, that's. That's making me think. But at the same time, I if I'm a San Jose Sharks fan, I'm not scared. You know, you got Doug Wilson making the calls and he's one of the best GMs in the league. They they got it under control. They're not they're not dumb. You know, there's reasons why Pavelski is taking meetings because they're they're thinking forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if Wilson offered Pavelski a, a cheap deal because <laughs> you got to do what's good for business. And and this can we bring up the salary cap again? This now. is, this is when kidding. I could see a lot of fan bases even, because now these teams are getting even more and more competitive, where where they could be a little pissed off that this is there. Oh, yeah. And maybe they should do a soft cap, man, and make ownership, you know, pay for some luxury taxes. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if ownerships are, if owners, sorry, are, are willing to pay, those taxes that would go back to the league and, and affect it in a positive way and, and end up just like being shared by the owners regardless. These teams are just losing their players after their rookie deals. Possibly. That's a great conspiracy Possibly. theory. Or maybe what has to happen is these old players, if they want to be on winning teams, I'm sorry, if you're 32 and you're 33 and you're 34 and you, you got to sign a new deal, if you want to win still, you may have to take a cheaper discount than you thought because these young players are carrying the load. Yeah, it's the way it's going to today's NHL. The game's getting younger. Guys like you know, your Patrick Marlowe's, you know, all these other old guys, Joe, Joe Pavelski, Joe Thornton, these guys. I just named a bunch of San Jose Sharks. How'd you like that? These guys have to play on cheap contracts. You're right. Yeah. It's just the way the NHL's going with the salary cap. The salaries are rising. It's kind of like society, man. What? Right now in BC, like... What? I guess it's the opposite, actually. The salaries are rising faster than the cap in the NHL, whereas in society... The prices are rising faster than the salaries. Wow. 
Crazy. Mind blown. Does that scare you, buddy? It scares me, man. Does living it scares in you, man. the lower mainland of British Columbia scare you? It scares me, man. It's, just, it's a scary time, man. But would you, would you I don't move, have the house of West Van. Would you move anywhere else, though? Like, would you, Okay, what do you see your life in 10, 10 to 15 years? Obviously, opportunities happen and, and you know, wow. play, you could change home. But wow. but what, what do you see yourself retiring? Because for me, it's still in the lower mainland of beautiful British Columbia. I see me retiring on the west coast of Vancouver Island and Whoa. just playing chicken with the tsunami, man. If the tsunami hasn't come at that point, it's gonna be Ooh. it's gonna be rip, ripping the roar to go. I just keep so. working hard, making that money. You know, twenty two dollars this month, dude. Who knows, man? Oh yeah, you never know. Who knows, know. man? You never know. We're You're so close. Really raking it in, man. Raking Let's go, in. silky and filthy. Let's go. Next time we talk, it's going to be after July 1st. We're going to get some more answers on these RFAs. Maybe not the RFAs, actually. Maybe they don't go. But we'll have some more answers oh. on the other signings around the league. Let's recap it a bit for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there, man. We'll be there. For sure. uh, we'll probably be there to complain about the signings that Benning's made because that happens every year. <gasps> I hope I'm wrong. Yo, can I, can I, I, hope can I'm I talk wrong. to you for a minute? Just give me some advice. Here, okay, man. man. I'm about to get out of here, but just lay it on me. Give me some advice. Okay? The more and more I do this, the more and more I want to step away from being so connected with with the team here in vancouver like i may not care about mistakes anymore it's that's what i want to do just not care i want to just analyze and laugh but not be hurt you, know, you think it's possible a wise man by next told week me, a, a wise man once told me just to be happy in everything you do if you're if you're waking up in the morning wake up happy if you're eating breakfast eat breakfast happy so don't hop if on twitter if you're, go, if you're going for a walk walk happy and don't hop on twitter those Thank are wise you. words from a wise man. Hey, my guy. Except you guys should hop on Twitter because you should follow Silky and Filthy on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You know what? We'll even put our faces up there in the near future because We're you, handsome. Hear, you hear these scratchy voices. Now you got to see these rugged faces now. Drinking smoothies. That's how it's going to go. It's not, as, it's not as crystal clear as the logo. The logo is the best version of me, but you're going to see us on Twitter. You're going to see us on Instagram. Silky and Filthy. I'm Trevor Beggs. He's Cal Bowen. Some guys are going to be making millions of dollars in the next week. And we'll be here to talk about it next week on Silky and Filthy.